Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are ready to smash some pumpkins this week. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So Jonah, this is the official Halloween episode. And I know that you've been really checking out some Halloween films while you've been sort of overcoming this bout of COVID. How are you feeling, by the way? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah, I had got tested positive for COVID about a week ago. So Mm -hmm. I ended up kind of spending the last week quarantining, watching movies. And it sounds like it would be fun at first. It quickly became very boring, and I got very deep into a little streaming site called Tubi. Okay, okay, yes. And they got some stuff maybe a little lower budget than your Netflix or Hulu's out there. Sure. Although I dabbled around. Last night, I finished up watching the Jim Carrey movie uh, Liar Liar, okay. and I also, early in the week, watched the Jim Carrey movie Bruce Almighty. Right, right. <laughs> There was a few genres I went into. I went into like Jim Carrey movies. Like a lot of times when I'm sick or something, I'll watch like early 2000s M. Sandler movies, Jim Carrey movies, or then I go the other way into action and I'll get into like the Nicolas Cage universe. Right. Um, and there's every time I'm sick, there's like 25 more <laughs> Nicolas Cage movies to watch. Okay. Okay. So what were your thoughts on these films? <sighs> Where to start? I don't know. I mean, I, I think these I find these early 2000s, late 90s comedies to just be like so funny because they would never get made today. Mm-hmm. Sort of like how we talked about. I feel like Shallow How is like obviously like a very heightened version of that. But right. it's just some of the jokes you're like, ugh, it's hard to watch. But some of the comedy, especially with Jim Carrey, the physical comedy is like really funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's that same era of In Living Colors. And it's he's like just such a character. So I feel like there's parts of it that are still transcend time. Okay. They're still really funny. Yeah. What do you think? He's definitely a real talent. Yeah. Sometimes when I watch those movies, 
present day, some stuff works better than others, you know, but. But what's weird is I think there's a world where like current sitcoms have almost the same sense of like, so I also watched the new episode of Frasier, like the reboot of Frasier. The new episodes of Frasier. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it was so aligned with these movies because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. There's this part where he's like in Boston and, and they're like, well, do you want to work at Harvard? And he's like, yeah. And he just has a job at Harvard in like five minutes. Like, it's like, you know, it takes so long. You'd have to negotiate your contract. Yeah, You'd have to do all yeah. this stuff. And then at the end of it, he's like, wants to connect with the son. He's like, guess what? Now I live across the hall and they have this empty apartment. He's like, I just moved in here. I bought the whole building. It's like, how could you like, cl- you know how long it takes to close? You'd have to get it inspected. Right. Like, it's just, but it has that same logic of these 90s movies where it's just like, things just happen so fast and everything's like just wrapped up in this weird way. That is so interesting that older kind of more nostalgic movies and and shows, the logic of them is sometimes missing. I also was going to say, you know, I think part of it is also watching this stuff as an adult because you know like what it's like getting a job or buying a house or maybe as a kid. That's true. You're like, well, maybe it's not that complicated. But the last thing I do want to talk about is these Nicolas Cage movies because... I was researching them because, you know, there's so many of them. So, you know, I was like, why is he in so many movies? Because, he, you know, he was in Leaving Las Vegas. He was in Adaptation. He was in all these kind of critically acclaimed movies. Yeah. And I guess he there was an article with him where he I guess he went into debt and then basically had to do all these movies to basically wow. get. So he was just saying yes to everything. So I saw that I watched this movie Pig he's in where he plays like this kind of guy in the woods who's like uh, off the grid, who's a chef. He was actually like, I like doing these movies more. Uh-huh. I mean, some of them are incredibly cheesy. And yeah. they all have kind of the same, all the action movies today have kind of the same plot. It was interesting just to watch them because it, they're just, you can kind of tune out. They always have like kind of a plot twist that's like sort of predictable, uh-huh. but you didn't maybe exactly see. And they're they're good. I think they're good to watch just when you're sick and just want to kind of zone out a little bit. Yeah. You know, he's had a really interesting life because I know when I was doing this ghost tour in New Orleans, there was like this haunted house where they said, if you walk by it, like people have had weird stuff happen to them and blah, blah, blah. And at one point, Nicolas Cage bought it. He never lived in it, but wow. he bought it for a period of time. And it's like, he's a real example of you know, sometimes you got the cash and sometimes you don't. Is that a phrase? Whereas like, yeah, you know, it, it is now. Yeah, he, yeah. Sometimes you got the cash. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes Just you don't. give me credit when you use it. Uh, LOL. But it's like he needed to do all these films to make money. And at other times he was buying a haunted mansion that he wasn't even living in. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Complicated guy. And, uh, you know, and I will say Adaptation probably is one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. Yeah. I mean, what an incredible piece of art so i think he's he's a i think he's one of these guys where he's and he did a movie recently where he kind of like plays himself he's kind of like making like he's in on it right, like kind of like right right Jean-Claude right van damme it's, did one yes, too yes and that was kind of interesting like i think he is a really good actor and i think it's almost like sometimes the shtick like over overshadows kind of his abilities or something but i like that he's kind of like in on this stuff and he's part of it and uh I think they're a good movie. I think between Jim Carrey and Nicolas Cage, if you get COVID, you know, that's that's a good way to mm-hmm. to pass the day. I mean, it gets a little after a while it gets a, it's 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 a it kind of can be a lot. Right. And you kind of get a little burnt out, but sure. you know. You know, I was going to say I recently saw him in Moonstruck, which was Oh, yeah. with Cher, which was one of his first movies, I believe, and yeah. he's incredible in that. So, yeah. From Frasier to 
Lilar. And what I like about these these other Lilar in these movies is I like these plots that are so unrealistic because mm-hmm. it sets things up to be so slapstick. I watched a movie, Click, where Adam Sandler has a remote that can control everything. He can fast forward through life. Wow. You know, Liar Liar, like Jim Carrey can't lie because it's right. made a wish that he wouldn't lie. Yeah. Or Bruce Almighty, he has the powers of God. Thing. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's really setting things up for just all kinds of stuff can happen. A great time. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Now, speaking of a great time, (laughs) but actually the opposite of that, should we get into our topic for today? Yeah, I was kind of stalling a little bit there because uh, I think we're both feeling... So I picked this as a topic because we wanted to do a Halloween episode. And I was thinking, what's synonymous with Halloween that we haven't talked about? And I had to go with the 1999 film, The Blair Witch Project, because that feels so... Halloweeny, but also so nostalgic and so of that era. Now, I just want to say that I just watched this film yesterday for the first time ever. And before I get into what I think about it, spoiler alert, it sucks. <laughs> Sorry, no, <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. I just want to talk about like, do you remember the phenomenon of the Blair Witch Project before it came out? Like hearing about it? Yeah, I, so I th- I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. Okay. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. I'm pretty sure like everyone saw it in the theater. Like, yeah, except for Like me. every person in the world because it, you know, it made $250 million. And do you remember, but do you remember before it came out, like all of the buzz around it? That's what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it was one of those things where I didn't, it was kind of before the prevalence of the internet where you could just see it, look stuff up if it was real or not. Yeah. So it's, you almost thought... I mean, I guess there was sort of was like early reality TV maybe, but that was presented as reality TV. Like this is yeah. real. It was like almost like a more innocent or like like more naive time because I thought it was real. I yes. was like, oh, this is something they found. It looks like grainy. These people don't look like actors. Like this must be like a real thing. Totally. And as you looked up when we were looking up some articles about it, like they used missing persons ads and stuff like right. that to promote with the with pictures of the three actors on it. I use the term actors lightly after watching the film, JK. But <laughs> but they really made it seem like these these people were missing and this was a real thing. And I remember being a camp counselor in 1999 and we had this camper that was just a real terror and no Halloween pun intended. And me and this other counselor, I don't think this was my idea because I don't think I normally would do stuff like this. I was a pretty responsible counselor, but we had this idea of making these little twig formations and like, I guess we left them. This makes me sound like a horrible counselor. I really think it was the other counselor's idea, but leaving these little twig formations around where this camper was and telling her that it was the Blair Witch was going to keep sort of haunting her until she behaved well. And I think it worked Okay, because people thought the Blair Witch was real and also kids are very gullible. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like what we were talking about earlier with the films. I mean, like with like the plots of like Frasier and stuff. Yes, yes. Because we were a little older because it came out in 99. Yeah. So I would have been like 21. Yeah. Or 20. I would have been 20. And so, yeah, it was like kind of like at that. I, but yeah, I felt like the marketing, they, they started marketing it like four months out. It was like 
one of the first kind of like really heavily internet marketed things. They had all this, like all this stuff that I feel like would seem kind of cheesy now because it's been done so much. Yes. But yeah, and it was like, it seemed really scary. Like it seemed like the scariest thing ever at the time. And just to say for people who don't know what we're talking about, The Blair Witch Project came out in 1999. It's a supernatural horror film it is a fictional story of three student filmmakers, Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard, who hike into the Black Hills near Burkittsville, Maryland in 1994 to film a documentary about a local myth known as the Blair Witch. The three disappear, but their equipment and footage are discovered a year later. The purportedly found footage is the movie the viewer sees. So basically... So this is this is what Wikipedia has This to is what Wikipedia... It. But that, I think that's pretty accurate. Basically, the yeah. movie is... It's supposed to be this found footage of these three young filmmakers looking to find out about the Blair Witch. Now, Jonah, what was the experience like? I can give the experience of what it was like watching it, knowing that it's not real. Yeah. Do you remember what the experience was like watching it, thinking it was real in 1999? I think like when I was 20, I was so kind of... How can I say? Like, I don't think I thought super critically. Mm -hmm. So I feel like... um, I don't really, I feel like walking out, I was like, maybe that was real. I'm not really sure. Uh And then like, let's go to Denny's. (laughs) You know, like, I don't think I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out. Like, I think I really never really thought about it that much until like this week. Right, 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 right. So I think the experience was like, I think I did kind of think it was real, but I also felt like part of this seems maybe like a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially the ending. Right. Um, But I will say... So I watched it also recently, and I know we're gonna, about to get into it. I, I will say, watching it now, knowing it's fake 20 years later, I think the acting is pretty good for acting like... It's real, yeah. Like this is found footage, like it's real. Like the conversations, the vibe, like they don't really... It seems pretty natural. Like I could pretty much buy these characters. I don't know, Vanessa, what do you think? Because you're a professional, so Thank I, you know... Thank you so much, Jonah. I have to say, watching this in the last couple of days... I disagree about the acting. Now, I also think that had I... I don't know what I would have thought had I not known that it was fake. Like, had I thought it was real, I might have thought the acting was good. But knowing that it was not real, I found the acting to be quite embarrassing and the whole premise to be annoying. Yeah. I just have a few notes here I want to read. At the beginning, there's like a shaky screen to the titles, which it's like... Well, the titles, there were a few things like that where I'm like, if this was a real documentary, you wouldn't like make the title shaky. Like, sure. You're not like in the woods filming a title sequence. Okay. And then there's like a little sign that goes up again, shaky. 1994 students making a documentary disappeared. One year later, this is the footage we found. It's like, Okay, laying it on a little thick. I wrote down, feels like an excuse not to pay anyone anything. I thought it was so annoying. For example, they start the movie and they get to like this grave site. And the woman is like, this is the grave site where all of the bodies were found. It's too many bodies for it to not be the like some kind of supernatural People say it's not real, but it is. And then they get to like into the town where they're making the documentary. And this is what I found to be so deeply embarrassing was interviewing quote unquote locals who like (laughs) kind of didn't want to give their information about things. So they'd be like, "Uh, excuse us. Do you know anything about the Blair Witch? And And it would be like, there's one thing where there's two fishermen and the one's like, huh, I don't 
yeah, I don't want to talk about that. And the other guy's like, yeah, there was a witch. She lived in the thing and whatever. And the guy's like, all right, there was a witch. And he, like, he tells this whole story. And it's like, it's sort of like Law and Order SVU when there's like people giving testimonials, except these people are so embarrassingly trying to seem like they're real people <laughs> and, and that they like don't want to give up the information. And then they'll come across another person who will be like, are you sure you want to know? And it's like, shut the fuck up. I know you're kidding. I'm real sorry. <laughs> so then it's like, as I, I keep writing down so annoying to watch people pretend to be real people. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And then at one point, the woman, someone brings up Mary Brown and the quote unquote documentarian goes, how was she seen by the community? And you're like, that's not <laughs> someone, something someone would ask. <laughs> Jonah, go ahead. Sorry. No. Uh, well, I, I think we, we're going to take a quick break, but. After this break, I want to get into what I think is sort of the critical flaw of of the Blair Witch Project, which is the pacing and the length. Would love to do that. And if you think this commercial break feels long, try watching the Blair Witch Project. We'll be right back. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. So yeah, so for me, I I wasn't as critical of the acting, Mm -hmm. but I will say the pacing of this film is so bizarre because it starts out and they're like, we're all having fun. They meet that guy. I can't remember. Mikey or? Yeah. The other guy who's filming it. They're borrowing all this equipment and they're like partying and they're like having fun. And then they're in the woods and then it's just sort of. It feels like they're barely in the woods and then all of a sudden it's like super tense. They're like so lost and then they're basically all flipping out. But it feels like it happens so slowly. Oh, well, it feels like the vibe changes so fast. Yes. Yes. Things move slowly, but like one second it's one and then clearly they're like, okay, now everyone act mad. And it's like, 
then they're just freaking out. It, it just, it doesn't feel like a natural buildup, I guess. Yeah, I, I wrote down two guys fighting while a woman performs monologues. Because at one point... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. She's like reading out of a book. Like she's just performing a lot for the camera while the guys are sort of yelling. And I agree with you. I feel like if you have... Because it isn't a real documentary, you don't have to include so much stuff of like the guys yelling and I found, particularly in the, like, last third of the movie, there's so much of these guys yelling at the woman. And it's like, I hate this. Like, make it more about, like, maybe show more fun stuff because it's not a real documentary, so you can show whatever you want. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I wrote down so much fighting and yelling. I wrote down so stressful and yet so boring. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting because... They were trying to constantly be making excuses for why they were filming so much mundane stuff. Like the guys kept being like, turn off the camera. <laughs> and, then, and then they'd film them like smoking a cigarette or something in a way that I'm like, <laughs> I'm genuinely so bored. Like you should turn off the camera. Yeah. They also, I feel like, like when they're driving out there, they're like, we have enough batteries for like a rocket ship or something. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, that's weird. And then you get out there and they're like, Oh, yeah, you guys don't need to charge any of the batteries for, yeah, like, weeks of equipment that's, like, made in the 90s that probably lasts, like, an hour. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, you're right, Jonah. It's like they're having, like, a good time, and they're just, like, having fun and whatever. And then they very quickly are lost, and they're yelling at this woman that she she doesn't know how to read the map. Right. And then they start... When they go to... So here's the other thing that I found to be like so annoying about this is again, like you are faking a documentary. You can put in it whatever you want. Now, I say this knowing in retrospect that the film made $250 million. So like, I don't know that I'm the right person to be like critiquing this. I think it all worked out great for them. But in my opinion, it's like the thing that kept happening at night is they'd hear like sounds from really far distances, but it was like, the sounds were so distant that you were like, this is boring. I can barely hear what's being yelled. Like, it sort of felt like the opposite of the, that movie Oppenheimer. I don't know if you saw it, but like everything was so yeah. loud in that movie that you couldn't hear the dialogue. This movie, I guess I'm a real critic. The stuff going on at night was so soft that you were like, make it louder. This isn't real. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... There is something creepy about them finding these wood bundles yes. or like stuff getting moved around that's like better than probably like some guy in like a Spencer's Halloween mask running out <laughs> right, or something. Right. You know, I think that was part of what made it scary was what you didn't see. I think for me, like in horror movies, that could be a lot. So I think, you know, they didn't have a lot to work with. But yeah, I agree. There was no really no... It was just like, it was a lot of buildup, but but for something with so much buildup, it's so boring. A lot of it yeah. was just really, it almost felt like a reality show in the sense, it's like, we're going to have these three people just like wander around in the woods <laughs> yeah. and like get mad at each other. It felt very, it's hard to believe that it's fake because it's like, you think you would put more interesting stuff in it if yes, you could exactly. write it. That yeah. was my issue. Yeah. And the other thing is, yeah. I think the twig bundles and all that stuff, you know, that stuff was interesting. But if you'll recall, they had like three nights of sleeping there before you see like the first twig bundle. And you're like, right, right, okay, right. guys, as you said, you're pacing this really slowly. And then yeah. in the middle of the night, they'd be like, what is that? And what's that? 
And then they'd like wake up the next morning and they'd be like, we're still lost. And you're like, okay, well, (laughs) I've lost a lot of time and I'm fucking bored. (laughs) Sorry, I keep swearing. Okay, so basically it's like, then when stuff starts to really happen, I guess, they're seeing these twig bundles when they wake up in the morning, these rock formations. And there's a lot of stuff isn't totally... And then the guy, Josh, has like goop on his stuff. And they're like, this oh, right, blue, right. they're like, this blue goop was left by the witch. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Not really sure that blue goop was like part of the lore. <laughs> but then that guy, Josh, like starts like really freaking out. And I wrote down kind of relieved when they couldn't find Josh because he was being so annoying. And then they're like, Josh, Josh, Josh. And it's just like, okay. And then they can't find Josh. And then unclear what happened to Josh his flannel shirt got wrapped around twigs and then they put one of his organs in the, like they open up this thing and you're like, I want to maybe for just storytelling purposes, explain what is in the flannel instead of like kind of glossing over that part feels like a major story point. Yeah. I mean, from there, yeah, it's just, they go in, they try to find him, they go in this house and then it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, and again, like I, I, you know, they're working with a limited budget, so it's like it is scary. It's, right, it's definitely scary. I think the ending is like finally something happens. You're just like, okay. Like, I have a question about the ending. Yeah. So in the ending, they find they see a house, and it's clearly the right. Blair Witch's house because it has all these twig bundle kind of and formation kind of things in front of it, and they're like, let's go into the house, okay? But I guess they're kind of like we've already filmed so much stuff we might as well get or they're trying to find josh which again i'm trying to find josh yeah so then they go into the house oh because they think they hear josh yelling in the house yeah they hear him yelling yeah and then they go into the house and here's my question then they go up a bunch of stairs they hear him upstairs then they go down a bunch of stairs they hear him downstairs then you see the basically from the pov of the woman who's filming she sees the other guy and is he He's just facing away, standing there. Is he hanging or is he just standing? I thought he was just kind of standing in the corner. And why is he just like looking away like that? I, I don't know. I think they're just trying to make it look creepy. Yeah. I don't, I think you're looking too deep into it. Okay. I think, yeah. And then they get knocked and then, then the camera gets knocked out. It's on the ground and then it's like, yeah. that's it. And then I guess someone goes in this house a year later, finds this already edited Well, I think they edit it to get, they edit it together. And honestly, the blame goes on that person for making it so boring. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It could have been like a sizzle reel. Could be pretty good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Get a three or four minutes. Yeah. Towards the end, they do this sort of what I think is the most famous. And it was sort of used a lot in the marketing, which is the woman does this close up on her face where she sort of apologizes for making everyone come with her and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know. I found it to be... I don't like horror movies, but I found it to be all a little manipulative. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And I also don't like, again, horror movies. So this, this didn't, you know, already was part of a genre that I'm not really a fan of. But I just found the whole thing, as you said, to be so slow. I was like, this was such a huge hit. And yet it's so boring that if you know it's not real... It's just like a long, embarrassing movie to me. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there is a lot of, you know, much of of life, you know, can be like very mundane. So I think I think they were really 
Like I said, I think they were really trying to make it seem real. Yes. But I think they kind of saw it as like emphasizing the mundane. And as a viewer, it's kind of boring. Although I guess, you know, if you're in the audience guessing is this real or not, that kind of might make you lean more towards, well, maybe this is real because why would you do this? So I think it's, I think you have to consider, you know, the time and the culture and all that stuff. Because yeah, there's no way it happened now. And that's really... You know, ultimately, if you look up information about this film now, the the legacy is really the marketing. It's really the the kind of like this first example of. Did vi- you say legacy? Yeah, I think it's it's known as like the first kind of viral marketed internet. But I would movie. pronounce it legacy. Legacy. <laughs> Do you know what? It's legacy. How would you say it? <laughs> I would say legacy. That's like saying pick up your bags. The legacy. Legacy? I think it's legacy. No, I would say I, I would say legacy. Well, if you if you want to write in, let us know what, what you think. I agree uh, to disagree. But go ahead, Jonah. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like this movie is really recognized for its marketing and for, you know, the, the idea of viral and the idea of, of kind of um, you know, messing with people's expectations or their say, you know, so I think it's an important movie in that respect, you know, while the content, I think, you know, maybe didn't. Yeah. I think it changed. I think it changed marketing and it changed even like uh, there were other films that came after this where they use this sort of like documentaries. Yeah. We saw like Cloverfield and some of these other movies that I will never watch. Uh, They had this kind (laughs) of. Too scary. Because those ones are probably. And also probably also boring. Well, Jonah, do you want to hear some fun facts about the film? Sure. The script, quote unquote, was a 35 page outline because they knew a lot of the dialogue would be improvised by the actors to make the story seem real. And the audition process, they said that the ad in backstage said, an improvised feature film shot in the wooded location. It is going to be hell, and most of you reading this probably shouldn't come. Okay? And then to test the candidates that were auditioning, when each potential actor would enter the room to audition, they were immediately told by one of the directors... You've been in jail for the last nine years. We're the parole board. Why should we let you go? If the actor hesitated for even a moment, their directors concluded their audition. So that was supposed to be like, you have to be able to I guess like, so. respond to anything. I guess so. and, be, okay. and then I guess the three main actors yeah. were paid $1,000 a day for an eight-day shoot. But one of the actors claims that he ended up with about $300,000 when all of it was said and done. So not not much. Yeah, I, how much seriously. Money this movie made, oh, this I thought was really funny. The actors had a code word for when they wanted to speak out of character. If one of the actors wanted to break character, he or she would say "taco." Isn't that funny to think about them filming it and being like, "Taco, um, can I take a break to go to the bathroom?" <laughs> it's also like, couldn't you tell when they're breaking character when they're just like not when they're just not acting like they're like yeah, screaming yeah. at each other. I looked up where the actors are now and kind of some fun facts about them, if you want to hear them. Yeah. Heather Donahue, it looked like she hadn't worked for a while, but IMDb Pro shows that she has an upcoming film called Heaven is Home that she's an actress, producer, and writer on. And the overview of it is an unusual stranger arrives in a small town to help townspeople rebuild their lives and relationships after a natural disaster. Now, Jonah, you and I both also separately read articles where she talked about how it was hard for her to get acting jobs after Blair Witch because she was really typecast. Yeah, yeah. I think she had a hard time. I think it was not a good experience for her. So hopefully 
things yeah. are going better now. Joshua Leonard is the only one who's really like acting a lot still. He did the 2014 film, If I Stay, 2009's Hump Day. And he's guested in shows such as Togetherness and Bates Motel. So he's doing pretty well. And then Michael Great. Williams looks like hasn't done a ton of work, but it looks like he's got a lot of scripts in development. Yeah. So, hey, you never know which, you know, one of those scripts comes through. Just you just need one. one. That's what they say. If someone's listening to this and they're like, I wonder if I should watch this. I don't know. I mean, it, it's if, if you're into like Halloween stuff right. and you kind of want to look at it kind of like as like a case study of like the late 90s and the, and the culture, it's like, sure. So that's really the Blair Witch Project in a nutshell. You know, there's also a lot of spinoffs. You know, they did video games. They did all kinds of stuff. So I tried to watch the sequel. It was coming right. up There's a sequel. when I was watching it and I tried to start watching it. And the sequel, the premise of the sequel is so confusing. It takes place in the towns of Burkittsville where the first one takes place, but it's like, it's come out that the movie isn't real, but there's all these people that keep visiting the town and it's a reenacted documentary about the people who visit the town. It's like, there's so many layers upon layers. It doesn't make sense in the intro to the movie. So I looked it up on Wikipedia and I still was not sure what the sequel is. It's like, and I, and then what I read was like one of the directors, his initial idea had been like really messed with a lot. So I think it was like, it became sort of so successful and there were too many cooks in the kitchen yeah. maybe for the second one. And I think it, I, I had no idea what I was watching. You're talking about, yeah. Book of Shadows, is that is that the second one? I think so. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with this spooky episode. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Okay, Jonah. So now we're going to play our fave game, Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. Otherwise known as, let's make fun of people who don't know how to use Change.Org. 
In this game, we'll bring up three different somewhat nostalgic things that people are trying to bring back on change.org, and we'll each vote for our favorite. Now, Jonah, do you want to start? Yeah, so I was doing some research into Halloween petitions, change.org, and by far, I think we talked about this last year, there's like hundreds of petitions for no school after Halloween. Yeah, the day after Halloween, yeah. Which is a good petition, I get it. Like, yeah, they should just do it. You know, there's so many different permutations of it, but people are like, we should just do this on a Saturday, you know, parents can take off work. There's no school. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, I look, I don't know. I don't make the rules. Okay. The first one that I found that was not related to that is called Replace All Candy Corn with KFC Corn Forever. Okay. This one was started by Kentucky Fried Chicken, which... Whoa. Yeah, which, uh, you know, okay. probably not really true. And it says, <laughs> it's time to rectify a generational injustice passed down for decades, possibly centuries. No longer will we give old candles to children's treats, laughing ourselves asleep. No longer will we continue the cycle of bland, banal torment. It's time to replace candy corn, the worst Halloween treat, with corn from KFC, the best Halloween treat. Imagine the looks of pure delight from children as they see corn being rained into their pillowcases and pumpkins. The smiles as they trade chocolate for sweet golden corn. This is a future hmm. we as humble suppliers of corn and fried chicken, which grows grains aside to corn, would like to build. With your help, no child will have to chew for too long, make a face, and spit out candy corn ever again. How will we do this? We don't know. We'll hire a scientist or garbage man or someone who dabbles in either. Thank you. This has 36 signatures. They're trying to get to 50. Vanessa, what are your thoughts on replace all candy corn with KFC corn? Well, first of all... Uh... I don't think this was really made by... Yeah, it, def it definitely wasn't. Anyone can say this is made by anyone. I don't know why this person is like so into doing this, but I think it's someone's like trying out some comedy on Change.org, right. which I don't, you know, wherever you We've talked get... about this before. It's almost like people are trying to get discovered. I don't know if they're trying to get discovered or just see if it'll get like, someone will be like, yeah, maybe in the back of their mind, like the Blair Witch Project, maybe they're like, this will go viral. Like everyone's gonna be like, this is hilarious. I'm gonna send this to all my friends and it will like, yeah, I know it's tough to know the end game on something like this. Yeah. And also, I don't really think of, can I think of candy corn Honestly, is more of like a Thanksgiving treat than a, I guess it is. It's people definitely eat a, it Halloween, on Halloween. It's a Halloween treat for sure. Okay, but I don't agree with this because I actually like candy corn. Is I guess the long okay. short. Okay, I actually do agree with this because I don't like candy okay. corn, and I was specifically looking for candy corn related petitions because I I wow. find candy corn. I've never liked it. Even as a kid, I didn't like it. To me, it just tastes as bland as a Blair Witch Project, but you're <laughs> also getting all this sugar, but it doesn't even taste good. So for me, it's not worth it. Right. I, look, I don't know if I've ever had KFC corn, but I will say corn in general, I think is really good. I love corn. I would much rather have actual corn than candy corn any day of the They'd week. They'd have to not just put it right into your pillowcase or pumpkin they'd have to yeah. put it yeah into a it'd little be tough baggie. it would definitely be kind of messy just dumping a bunch of corn, <laughs> corn in there yeah yeah so you maybe you put it in a little to-go container yeah throw in the air fryer when you get home mm, that sounds good you know maybe that could be pretty good maybe yeah so i don't know okay i don't know i i think i i support this you know the logistics are tricky obviously okay 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 so this next one is make halloween a national holiday <laughs> This petition is from a few years ago, and this person made it out to President Donald J. Trump, Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, the U.S. Senate, Charles E. Schumer, and Richard C. Shelby, Senator. It has 48 signatures, and this person says, 
Halloween is arguably one of the most iconic celebrations in the United States, if not the world. With spooky decorations, a plethora of costumes, and trick-or-treating for candy by the bucket load, this is festivity kids and adults enjoy annually and equally. This celebration deserves to be recognized as a federal holiday in the United States where families and friends may take the day off to revel in the activities only offered by Halloween. Show your support by signing the petition and having the federal government finally recognize Halloween as a federal holiday. Jonah, what do you think? No. Want to give a reason? First of all, there's like this trend now where like everyone calls everything iconic. And it's like, (sighs) to me, it's like only so many things can be iconic. Like, is Halloween iconic? Listen, I, I don't know. Maybe to some people, to me, it's like Halloween's fine. It's like, you know, I know it's really exciting for kids. Make it, you're making make it a federal holiday. You know, now no one's getting their mail. Now everything's closed. Right. Now I got to pick up some. I got to pick up some candy for Halloween. Oh wait, every grocery store is closed. Right. So I, I don't know. To me, it's like we. You know, I'm all for more holidays. People taking more time off. To me, it's not. It's fine how it is. You know. Yeah. Like I don't think we need to shut down everything for Halloween at this point. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to sound negative, but to me, it's like it's. Yeah. What, what would really change it, making it a federal holiday? Right. What do you think? Well, the other thing about it is, I think that like to your earlier point, there's so many petitions that say make the day after Halloween, make no school the day after Halloween. It's like... That makes more sense. That to me makes more sense because Halloween is a thing you do at night anyway. So like having the whole day off. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you're going to have a day off, have it the next day. And you don't have to do it because it's a federal holiday. You could just... I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. Making it a federal holiday is sort of feels... You don't need the day off. You need the next day right, off. Right, right, okay? right. Oh, remember that like that package I ordered? I was so excited to get these records. Oh, wait. It, oh, it's Halloween. I guess I guess got yeah, it. Yeah, I'm trying to get my Halloween costume. I'm going to get it just in time for Halloween, the day of Halloween. Oh, it's a federal holiday. <laughs> yeah, this person didn't think this yeah, through. Yeah, so, you know, and, and so... Yeah, I get, I get where it's coming from, but I think we're okay. I think we're okay. I think we're okay. I think we're okay. Thanks for playing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> The last one. I can do this last one. Okay, go ahead. I think this last one's very funny because, spoiler alert, I strongly disagree. It's called, Hey Starburst, Enough with the Yellows Already. And then this person very <laughs> says, They say blondes have and are more fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think a, a more kind of catchy beginning would have been, They say blondes have more fun instead of have and are more fun. <laughs> But not when it comes to candy. And the heels of Halloween, we all have candy around the house. But for far too long, we have had to put up with the runt. Don't take this as an insult to runts, the delicious fruit-flavored candy of the candy world, yellow starbursts. In this day and age, we ask, why are yellow starbursts even made? I mean, I'm sure during the Depression when alcohol was scarce and people would roll tires down old dirt roads for fun, people would take any flavor that came along. But today, we demand the best. There is nothing like enjoying the unbelievable juiciness, in quotes, of a starburst pack and then seeing the dreaded amber demon come up in the order. By signing this petition, you send a strong message to Mars Incorporated that enough is enough. While the canary candy may have had its day in the sun, it's time to put it out of its and our misery. Oh, and your next yellow gummy bears. This is... So Vanessa, you have some strong feelings about this, it sounds like. I love yellow candy. Really? I love yellow starburst. I love yellow gummy bears. I love yellow jelly. I love lemon candy. Okay. I appreciate this person putting so much effort into making this kind of like a really 
a real ride to read this petition. But what did you think of that runts joke? Yeah, you know, not my favorite, but I strongly disagree. And I you would be, disagree. I would be mad if also often, especially with Starburst, if you like yellow are the only ones that kind of d- taste different. Like the other ones sort of taste similar. Well, to that each was other. sort of my question. I yeah, don't they all taste the same? Like I think you could put any flavor Starburst in front of me, blindfold me, and I would have no idea what flavor yeah, they were. Yeah. I think they taste a little bit different. I think it's maybe a little concerning if you think they all taste the same. Well, I always kind of thought, you know, because there was this thing about like green M&Ms also. I always honestly thought like with a lot of candies that it's like the same ingredients. It's just, um, they just color. They just use different dyes. I mean, maybe it's different with M&Ms. Yeah. Well, with M&Ms, right. All the coatings are supposed to be like taste the same. But like with Starburst, I think... Pink is supposed to be strawberry, red is supposed to be cherry, and yellow is supposed to be lemon. And they might not taste exactly like those fruits, but I think they taste differently. And I really like yellow Starburst. So I think this is an interesting petition. This is this is a classic come to change.org to try and, you know. Right, right. But I am strongly, strongly disagree with this. But Jonah, I could see how you wouldn't have strong feelings about this because you think they all basically taste the same anyway. Yeah, I don't have strong feelings about this. I do think they all taste the same. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't support it. If I'm going to eat something with like a lot of sugar, it's probably going to be chocolate. It's probably going to be something, you know, it's probably going to be dark. You know, it's probably, or peanut, I don't know. To me, it's, this is like a waste. It's like the, the damage that it would do to my teeth is not worth the payoff for me and something like this. Yeah. Now, Jonah, we have to now, this is going to be hard for me. We now have to each sign one of these petitions or pick a petition that we would sign. So I'm going to remind you of what the petitions are, okay? The first one is replace all candy corn with KFC corn forever. The second one is make Halloween a national holiday. And the third one is, hey, Starburst, enough with the yellows already. Yeah, well, this is actually really easy for me. It's it's, uh, replacing the candy corn with, with KFC corn. Okay. I don't like candy corn. I like regular corn. Yeah, like I said, it's a little messy. I don't know the exact logistics, but like I said, a handful of corn, that's that sounds way better to me than than any okay. flavor Starburst. Is a handful of corn, maybe a little seasoning on there. Okay. I mean, that's Yeah. Now we're sort of getting into my wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa, what what which one are you going to sign here? I'm sort of at a in a tough spot because I like candy corn, so I don't want it to be replaced with KFC corn forever. Okay. And I also really like yellow Starburst. So I'm going to have to sign Make Halloween a National Holiday, which for the reasons that you and I talked about, this is not a well thought through petition. However, if there's a world where I could add a word to the title, and by a word, I mean three words, I would say make the day after Halloween a national holiday. Yeah. And then I so would you'd like to amend that one a little bit. I would, I would sign it with an amendment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Okay. So... Yeah. um so yes, we're going with different ones, but I think these, you know, you know, the really the important part is, you know, I, I think Halloween really is for kids. So if you're a kid, you know, we hope you have a great Halloween. We hope you get a lot of a lot of candy, regardless of, you know, what what you like. Maybe you get some corn, maybe you get some Starburst, but you know, be safe out there. And it, it's and it's for that. So, you know, I know there are adults that get really into it and, you know. Okay, here it comes. Yeah, you know, that's, that's okay, we get it. But it's like, let's let's keep the focus on the kids. Let, let them have a good time. And uh, 
No, let's not make it about ourselves. Vanessa, what about you? Any fine kind of final Halloween thoughts? I just hope everybody has a safe and spooktacular Halloween. And I guess if you want to have an extra special Halloween, don't watch the Blair Witch Project because you'll be so bored that you'll just want to sleep through the whole thing. If you want to go to bed early this Halloween, you know, the the trick-or-treaters, usually they come really early, right? Like five or six. So they leave at six, you pop on the Blair Witch Project, you're asleep by 6.30. I mean, it's it's perfect. Just a bunch of shots of the woods and a girl going, and this is where they, they buried the bodies and no one ever found them, but they are scared. And then a bunch of guys yelling at her and you're like, hey guys, back off. So... That's my yeah, review. That's basically, yeah, that's basically it. All right. So, Jonah, this was really fun. Uh, <laughs> thank you to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like the Blair Witch Project. Happy Halloween. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.